appreciate tonight the, the preaching and uh, what a picture of our Savior. <laughs> I bless his name. I'm glad that he knows me and I know him and I'm grateful to be saved by the good grace of God. My heart's kind of been bubbling over there just for a little while. Sister Ellis was talking about them folks in prison. I thought about the time that I was maybe three or four and dad was in prison and they told me Santa Claus was coming that day but it was my daddy coming home from prison. And I remember being excited and looking forward to think of all the children that their moms and dads are in prison. And we, we could be there. I would have headed that way. Brother Lamar, no doubt I'd be, in, I'd be in jail or in hell today. I bless his holy name tonight. I thank him for his grace. I say hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. I say glory. Bless his holy name. I say hallelujah. 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 I say glory. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, oh, what a Savior. If that message didn't help you, you need to get on this altar tonight. I'm telling you, that, that, was, that helped my soul. I think I'll just kind of give you just a little bit, 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 18. The preacher told me on Thursday, that he wanted me to preach. The Lord right then laid this message on my heart. I feel like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sure enough going a different way than our brother went. And it's probably not a Christmas message. But you know what? It's God's message, amen. And so it'll be a Christmas message, amen. I want to preach. He kind of dealt a little bit in the beginning talking about the devil, and I, I want to preach, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to read the first seven verses in Second Kings chapter 18, but look in verse 7. And he said, And the Lord was with him, and he prospered whithersoever he went forth, and he rebelled, and he's talking about Hezekiah, he rebelled against the king of Assyria and served him not. If the Lord would help me for a few moments, I want to preach on uh, when it's right to be a rebel. When it's right uh, to be a rebel. Back in the summer, I had preached a, a three-day series in a little youth camp that I preached on when it's right to be a rebel. In my message tonight, I want to deal with when it's right to be a, rebe a rebel, to rebel against uh, the enemy of this world. He talked about the devil tonight. You know the devil's a loser tonight, don't you? 
and he'll, he'll get on me tomorrow, but that's all right. He's a has-been. He's a loser, and thank God one day, hallelujah, Brother David, he will be cast into a lake of fire, and thank God I'm gonna shout all over heaven when it happens, amen. But thank God uh, Hezekiah had enough grit about him that he rebelled against the king of Assyria. And we need young men. I kind of want to preach to the young people tonight, of course, to everybody. But we need some young folk tonight that would rebel uh, against the enemy uh, of this world. Uh, We live in a day where we just give in. Uh, We need to rebel against the enticement of this world. And we need to rebel against the entertainment of this world. Uh, You say, well, uh, we might as well listen to the music everybody else listens to. No, we ought not. We ought to rebel against that and thank God have a backbone and stand up for truth and stand up for righteousness. Amen. We need some young people that would be willing to rebel against the movies of this life, against the garbage of the world. I don't know why every time I preach here, I'm preaching on these things. I do have other messages, but I have to obey the Holy Ghost. There's somebody that God wants you to get some garbage out of your life before it destroys your testimony and ruins your life. Amen. Amen. He, listen, rebelled against, you remember Nabal? You see, he rebelled against the enticement of the world. He didn't sell out. King Ahab said, I want your vineyard. And he said, no, I'm not going to give you my heritage. I'm not going to give you my inheritance. Brother Ellis, if we can keep them from selling out, they won't be in the prison system. Amen. They won't be in the prison system. I remember going to a revival in a prison in Greenwood, South Carolina with a fella and there was a young man there and this young man said, I grew up in an independent Baptist church. I went to a Christian day school. His daddy worked at a bar and his daddy would bring home them little bottles of whiskey and wine and whatever it is and that boy would sneak him into the day school. Isn't that a blessing? Huh. You see, I'm gonna tell you something. And that, I know this, I know the pastor. Son, he laid her down straight. I'm telling you a lot of times we're blind sitting in the pew thinking everything's all right. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you in churches where there's preaching, I'm telling you sin is always around because the stinking devil's always around and he's not gonna leave you alone. He's gonna try to destroy your life and you better be on guard every day of your life against that sorry rascal. I hate it that I've given in to him more than I ought to give in to him. I've let him make a fool out of me sometime, but there's something that's inside of me that stands up and rebels against the devil. I thank God of taking over my life and making a fool out of me. I'm telling you, there's a Holy Ghost that lives within me that says rebel against that stinking devil. Amen. Amen. To rebel against the wicked one. Now, 
there's about five or six things that he gives about Hezekiah's life. He said he did right in the sight of the Lord. Well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Boy, I wish I could have that said about me. Brother Stennett, the last message he preached was three or four weeks before he died. I got to hear about five minutes of it on YouTube. And, and they, he said, he said, I have no regrets in my life. And I thought, what about that? 77 years old. And here's what he said. He said, I'm a satisfied customer. I thought, that's a man of God that did right in the eyes of the Lord. Sister Cape, I went Tuesday to get a haircut. Don't have to go as often because they keep falling out. Amen. But I went there on Tuesday and my barber there in Chickamauga, he, he was sick and so there was two other barbers and, and so it was my turn. I went and sat down and the fellow's name was Mr. Bill. And I said, Mr. Bill, I told him how to cut my hair and then I said, I want to know, do you know the Lord? And he said, well, I do. He said, I got saved when I was a teenager and he said, I've, I've done wrong and I've asked the Lord to help me from time to time and I said, that's right. I said, well, I go to the Bible Baptist Church and like to invite you to the church. And so uh, when he got done cutting my hair, I was, I was walking out the door, Brother David, and a fellow said, hey, sir, what is your name? I said, it's Bobby Barnes. He said, did you say you went to a Bible Baptist church? I said, I, I did. He said, 60 years ago, an old man of God was preaching. Oh, Brother Berman came. And he said, I got born again. That was a man who did right in the eyes of the Lord. I'm telling you, hallelujah, it's worth it, amen. Oh, you hear me, neighbor, you young man, it's worth it to do right in the eyes of the Lord. Brother Danny, there's a payday someday, hallelujah, for doing right in the eyes of the Lord. He said that he did right. Brother Lamar, God help us to do right in the eyes of the Lord, amen. Amen. He said, number two, that he removed the high places. The high places, they set up for worship the things we put in our lives on those high places. Sometimes young boys, we put a young girl there. Sometimes girls, we put a boy there. Sometimes we put our music there. Sometimes we put our hobbies there. Sometimes we put our habits there. Sometimes we put those things in high places and he removed them out of his life. I'm gonna tell you what, uh, how many times did you uh, see the kings and, and the Bible said they did right except they did not remove the high places. And I'm gonna tell you what you don't deal with will come back to get you and haunt you. I'm telling you tonight, uh, God help us to remove the high places out of our life, amen. Number three, he relied on the Lord. He said he trusted in him. <laughs> the more I keep reading that book, Brother Blake, of Hudson Taylor, I realize I don't even know if I have any faith, amen. I'm telling you how they trusted the Lord. He relied on the Lord. He relied on the, he trusted 
the Lord. Amen. Thank God. I'm telling you, you know what? The world now, listen, you better not trust in the world. It will let you down. Number five, the Bible says in verse six, that he had righteousness in his life. He kept the commandments of God. I'm going to tell you something. I'm getting really concerned. Churches that used to stand. Men that used to stand. That they're changing can I tell you the Bible hasn't changed? Isn't it amazing when a man goes to another church that don't preach what they did in that church, the first thing they do is change their dress standards. That's the first thing. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? I haven't figured that out. Why the first thing we do is when we go somewhere where it's not going to get preached on, that shows me it wasn't in your heart to begin with. You only did it because uh, for the preacher. Amen. I'm telling you, you ought to respect the preacher, but you need to do it for Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. He was righteous. Hallelujah for a Christmas message, amen. He, he was righteous. Number six, he put the enemy on the run. Philistines chapter 18, verse eight. I'll give you four things and we'll go to the house. Number one, we see the persuasion of the enemy. Now, if you look at verse 13 through 16, Hezekiah makes a little misstep here. He tries to make a deal with the enemy. See, there's somebody in here tonight, you're making a deal with the devil. He said, because they invaded the land. So he said, I'll tell you what, I'm gonna give you all the silver that's in the house of God. And he even took all the gold that was off the doors. And he said, I'll I, I tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. If you don't hurt us, uh, then we'll make a deal. I'll tell you what making a deal with the devil will do. It'll get you in a whole lot of trouble, amen. How come, preacher? See, he's taking something from church. How come when the devil makes a deal with you, it's always getting you to take something from the house of God? You always, always give up something from church. Amen and amen. I was at a place not too long ago and someone didn't show up for Wednesday night because it was volleyball practice. I'm gonna tell you something. If I had a child and it was volleyball practice, I'll tell you where I'd be. I'd be at church house on Wednesday night. If it was little league, if it was basketball, if it was football, there used to be a church that I preached in. You hear me, neighbor? And there's a young lady in that church that she started started going to volleyball practice on Wednesday night. She ended up in a mess, ended up moving in with a boy and they wasn't married. They have children out of wedlock and it all started of going on the volleyball on Wednesday night. You say all oh, that's stupid. I'm telling you, when you give up the house of God, you're in trouble. You hear me? Amen. Back in April, I went out to eat with the pastor and there's about three families went with us. And we were sitting there eating and this one family, I've known them since the 80s. Known them a while. They got a phone call from their daughter. When I met their daughter, them and their daughter, she was only one years old. The daughter cried calling frantically. You see, here's what happened. 
She made a deal with the devil. She met a young man. She was going to church. She met a young man that really, he didn't care much about church. He only went because he was interested in her. She, he made good money. He's a pretty good looking fella. And long story short, before long, she became a child. She didn't want to stand up in front of the church and get right with God about it. And so she left and they got out of church. Well, the boy finally married her. And for about three years, they did okay. Then he became a drunk. Then he became a gambler and gambled all the money that they had away. She's struggling to get a loaf of bread. You see, oh, the devil, he told her how good it'd be. Man, this fellow's making money. Man, look how good looking he is. Oh, he'll take care of you. The devil's a liar tonight. You hear me? They've been separated three or four years. And when they called, she was just, I mean, pitching a fit. He went and got the police and he'd come to her house trying to take them babies away from her. I'm telling you, you hear me? The devil's a liar tonight. He'll make a deal with you. He'll tell you, take your children out of church. But I'm telling you, it'll ruin your life. It'll destroy you. And thank God you hear me down the road. You'll wish to God you wouldn't have made a deal with the devil. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over again. You see, he talked about the devil deceiving you. Verse 25, you know what that king said? He said, the Lord's the one told me to come and fight y'all. He lied. Well, can you believe that? The devil lied. Yeah, he's gonna lie to you. You know he's gonna tell you, fellas? That sin don't cost you. He's gonna say, Brother Barnes, he's just, he's just an old fuddy-duddy. He don't want us to have any fun. You don't need to listen to him. I wouldn't listen to the preacher. I wouldn't listen to those men. Don't you or you just go do what you want to do. You hear me? He'll deceive you. There's a young man that I have been dealing with in the last year. He grew up in church. But Keith, he, he, he's been in drug rehab four times in the last year. He can't, he, he can't stop it. It's amazing. He found a little wife that never had been around any of that. She loves the Lord that got married. She told him this last time, I am done with this. If you don't get help and you don't stop and taking these drugs, I'm leaving you. You see, the devil deceived that boy. He told him, just try it one time, just one time, just try it one time. But I'm tell you, all it takes is one time. And before you know it, you become a dope addict and a drunk and you'll end up where Brother Terry Ellis will have to come preach to you in the jail system. I'm telling you, uh, the devil's a liar tonight. He will deceive you. He's a liar. We see, number one, the persuasion of the enemy. Number two, we see the promise of the enemy. You know what, in verse 31, 32, he promised them pleasure. He promised them plenty. And he promised them prosperity. He'll tell you, boy, if you'll come with me, you'll have the time of your life. And you may, for just a little bit, just 
for a little bit. But you know what sin does? It catches up with you. See, you raise them children and let them run in all the world. Now, y'all can get mad at me if you want to, and I can't help it. But I, and I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but I don't understand when, them, when, when teenagers get to 10th grade and 11th grade and you pull them out and let them go play ball in the public school and you thrust them into that world that they've never been in, that they've never been around, and I'm telling you, you put damage. I thank God that I got to finish at a Christian high school. I probably wasn't as Christians as it ought to be, but thank God I'm glad I wasn't in that mess. I know there's some preach against other Christian schools, but I'm telling you, I'd rather God's people than the stinking Philistines raise my children any day of the week. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll tell you something. You better be careful. The promise of the enemy. He'll promise you pleasure. You say, Brother Barnes, you don't want to play basketball? Play basketball. You want to play football? Play football. Nothing wrong with that. When you make that your God. There's some folks I know and I love them dearly. But sports have eaten up their life. We used to call and talk about the Bible. Now they don't call and talk to me at all. Because all they want to talk about is football. You understand what I'm saying? I don't mind talking about it once in a great while. But I'm going to tell you something. I don't care about football. I care about Jesus, hallelujah, amen. If they win or lose, big deal, I don't care. I'm not invested in it, you understand what I'm saying? I'm invested in the gospel. I know y'all don't wanna hear this at Christmas time, but I can't help it, amen. I love you tonight, and I'm trying to help you tonight. I've done seen it, I know where you're headed, I know where you're going, I know the end result, I've already seen it. And you think you're going to be different, but you're not. You're not. The promise of the enemy, the power of the enemy, verse 22 through 27, he talked about who he was and how big he was. Aren't you glad greater is he that lives in us? He's greater than he that is in the world. The power of the enemy. But then lastly, how to prevail over the enemy. You know what he said in chapter 19? First thing Hezekiah did, guess what he did? He went to the house of the Lord. You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Brother Chris. I, I don't understand people today. I was in a church not too long ago, and it was the adult Sunday school class teacher, and he's talking about, Brother Laddie, he's talking about struggling reading his Bible every day. An adult Sunday school teacher should not struggle reading his Bible. He should have already got that nailed down. Right. Amen. If you sing in that choir, you ought to be reading your Bible every day. If you're teaching Sunday school, you're taking up the offering, you should have got that base covered a long time ago. But there's many people sitting in our church tonight that don't even read their Bible every day. God help us. Why is it so hard to do that? How come you can watch the news every day? How come you can watch your show every day? Watch YouTubes every day? Play video games every day? Till your thumbs wear out, amen? I'm not saying you can't play a video game. 
I don't hardly play them because when I do, I get the socks whoop off them because I hardly ever do it, amen? But the truth of the matter is this. We'll do that stuff all day long and never crack the lids of our Bible. I'm trying to help us tonight. He went to the house of God. Number two, he put on sackcloth. He had humility. Number three, he was honest with the Lord. Verse four through six. You know what he said? I need you. Can I tell you tonight, I can't do it without him. Brother Lad, I can't make it without the Lord tonight. I am nobody, and I'd even be worse than I am had it not been for him. The only reason that I'm still here is because of him. There's greater men than I'll ever be that are on the sidelines because of sin that they let the devil and the flesh get in their life and I'd be in the same place had it not been for the good grace of God. I need him tonight. You can mark her down. Bobby Barnes said that it'll never be about me. It'll always be about him and I need him. Amen. You got to be in the house of God. You got to have humility. You got to recognize that you need Him tonight. Be honest. Then you got to pray. He said, Hear my prayer, and then the Lord will help you. You know what He did? Ghost Snackerib. You know what He did to that king of Assyria? He said, I'll put a hook in his jaw and I'll pull him back. You know what? If you'll rebel and stand against that stupid devil, I'm telling you, God will fight for you. He'll fight on your side. The Lord, he's for you. The devil, he's against you. Brother Andrew, God's called you to preach. He's got a plan for you. And the devil's gonna do all he can to take that away from you. I was preaching and I didn't even know this young man was in the crowd. I was just obeying the Holy Ghost. And I said, you better be careful because you can mess yourself up where God can't use you for what he had planned. Brother David, I'm amazed. I'm amazed that God would use me anyway. That he would give me a chance. But I sure don't want to mess up the chance that I have. Would you let God help you tonight? Let's stand if you would please. Would you let God help you tonight? Young folks, we need to be on this altar tonight asking God to help us. You hear me tonight? There's somebody, I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you as soon as the preacher said you're preaching Sunday night, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said that's what you're preaching. And I knew that I had to preach tonight. God help us tonight. There's young people. There's young adults. The devil's been dealing with you and you're trying to make a deal with him. And I'm going to tell you, it's not going to turn out the way you think it is. As we're singing, would you let God help you tonight? Let him help you tonight.